Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Have you noticed there's been a bunch of our youth and young adults have been running the church today? It's been an amazing, amazing day, and I'm excited to hear what uh, Tony has to bring us. We are so blessed in this house to have a multi-generational church. It's something that we've prayed for and the Lord has blessed us with, and so I'm really excited to hear just the continuation of what the Lord's going to do to release into this body uh, what this generation has to speak to us. So open up your ears and eyes, and let's welcome Tony. Thank you. Thank you for trusting us, Pastor Tynanin. Um, We're going to pray real quick before we get into the word. Father, I thank you for your presence today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking directly and cutting straight through to the heart and right now revealing uh, uh, your truth today, Jesus. And I just ask that you'd open our ears to listen and our hearts to receive and help me to communicate this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have a question for you. We just experienced something, maybe you've been in an experiential worship service like that before, but let me ask you this question. What will you do? What will you do now that revival is here? And make no mistake, revival is here. That wasn't just a pleasure statement, I mean that. We're seeing it break out across our nation, so what will you do? How will we respond to the outpouring? Will we believe that anything attached with spirituality is revival? Will we believe that God can only move through our revival playbook? Mm, Let me see, worship has got a, it went a little long today, I don't, maybe we should have went longer, Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Will we stay in complacency with where we're at, thinking that we're full enough of what God has already placed in us? Or will we seek and hunger after the things of God? Not just that, will we pursue surrender and repentance? You know, as I was getting ready for this message, I was like, Lord, um, it's so awesome that we're in this this, uh, series of the battle of the mindset. But I was like, Lord, It's Movement Sunday, we're here uh, just to serve you, Lord. I don't wanna put on any performance, I don't want this to be uh, reading the word just to get a word. And I was like, Lord, what are you speaking on? He's like, what do you see? I was like, Lord, I see revival happening, I see it coming. We've been contending for it, you've been hearing about it from this pulpit for years now. And now that it's here, what is our response? Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. We have asked for revival, are we still seeking after God's heart? And if Jesus is the door, 
Is he the door we're knocking on? You know, there's a lot of commentaries you can read about revival, and I dove into some this week. And it's amazing to see the, the, the setup for each one. Now, repentance always precedes revival. And then we see the outpouring. And then we see the transition, and it's kind of like, what, what happened after? Oh, it was a powerful move of God here in Portland in 1905. Does anyone know that? How many of you knew that? 200 businesses closed from 11 to 2 p.m. every day to have a Bible study. We have a personal responsibility to tend revival fire as it breaks out, not manage it. We don't get to choose how the Holy Spirit moves and we don't get to quell and quench the fire. Let me tell you something. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22. Don't, don't, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. If revival doesn't happen how we think it should happen, then we become revival skeptics. I was reading uh, another commentary this week by uh, Gabriel Finocchio and uh, talking about the skeptic mindset where it's like, well, there's no way God can move any other way but how we believe he should, like I just said. And so it could be right in front of you. You could have been in this service today and been like, that was a great worship service. And do what with it? Do you want revival? Do we need revival? If we need revival, then we, w- we need to be willing to surrender to what the Spirit is doing. You look at the fruit of what's coming out of it. Ooh, I, I got the feelies today. It's like, no. <laughs> what was the fruit of what you received in worship? Did it produce change in you? Or are you just chasing another song to make you feel good? I felt so emotional in that new song. It's like, I hope the Lord got you, but listen to what I'm saying. I am not mocking anything that the Lord is doing. I am telling you that if you are coming just from it for an experience, you are missing what the Spirit is doing. If we choose to lean into our own understanding of what we think revival should be, we can become like Jonah. How's that, Tony? He got swallowed by a fish. Well, let's skip over chapters one and two, and we're gonna start in chapter three and chapter four. To give you some preface, if you don't know the story of Jonah, um, he was a prophet called to the city of Nineveh in the kingdom of Assyria, and God told him, uh, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim uh, to it the message I give you. And he said, no, I'm going to go to Tarshish. (laughs) I'm going to hop on this boat. We're going to go this way. And guess what? The big boat got rocked by the waves and the guys are all praying to their gods and says Jonah was sleeping. They woke him up. They said, pray to your God so that we may not die. And he's kind of like looking around like, what's that? It's not me. They're like, who could have done this? They're casting lots. 
as far as whose fault it was that there's a big storm and the boat's going to get collapsed. And he's looking around like, I, I think I told them <laughs> too much. And so finally they cast the lots. It's Jonah's fault. They throw him off the boat. He goes in. The Lord sends a fish. He gets swallowed up. He's in there for three days. It's a long time to be in a fish. Um, but he's in there for three days. He repents. The Lord has the fish spit him out onto dry land. And again, we pick up in chapter three, Jonah goes to Nineveh. Verse one, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued to, the Nineveh, uh, to, to Nineveh. By decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animal, herds or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God, when, excuse me, when God saw what they did, and how they turned from their evil ways. He relented and did not bring on them destruction he had intended or threatened. How many of you, and you can be honest, I don't want you to raise your hand, have looked at Portland and thought, gee, this place is terrible. It's going from bad to worse. Probably all of us. <laughs> we curse the very ground that God has promised to spring up revival, reformation, and transformation from. We get offended because, God, how could you allow scum and slime to just fill the city? It's getting worse and worse every day. How could you do this? Smite them, Lord, push them out. <laughs> Sometimes we're called to go in to the city. Huh, Father's house. It's kind of our testimony. We're called to go into an area, our city, and release the word that the Lord has given us because he's given it to us. Just like Father's house has received promise, these things will be given to us. But are we contending for them? Or does it need to look like what we need it to look like. If we go to chapter four, to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? 
This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. That's pretty dramatic. How can our response come anywhere other than from the Lord? If, if his word has said, I, would, I want you to go forth and preach this message, there's going to be destruction in 40 days, repent. And they turned. They did. They did it. So he spared them. But yet Jonah's response is to get angry. Why? Verse 4. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which devoured the plant so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the blazed, uh, that blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. That's got to be the biggest three-year-old pouting match I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You're not going to destroy them. I'm going to go build a shelter on the east side of the city and wait till it blows up. <laughs> He's sitting out there and this little plant grows and then it dies. And then the heat's hitting him in the face. He's just, it's miserable. Why would you place yourself in a place of contempt for what God has done or doing? It's miserable. Just because it doesn't look like how you want it to look like. Just because the playbook is switched up. No, it's not that. I just, I wish maybe it would have been a little, I don't know, how we wanted it to be. Verse 9. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Something so small and insignificant that came up and died. And Jonah said, it is. <laughs> he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. <laughs> but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? And that's the end of Jonah. We don't get to know the rest of what Jonah's response was. We don't get to know if he turned his life around, hopefully repented. But it's a lesson in response to if God has called us to do something, there's got to be full surrender in it. 
If God has called us to tend revival, there's got to be full surrender in it. I wish it was more convenient, Lord. I wish it was more around 1 o'clock than 6 a.m. Please. I need more sleep. Lord, I'm working 60 hours. Don't know if I'll be able to make it. God, you don't know how it is with kids, said the 30-year-old single man. Well, not so single, sorry. But, yeah. But again and again, we line up convenient placements of excuses, compromise, and complacency to stop what the Lord is trying to move. Well, I'm going to dig my heels in. You're not going to move me. I'm going to build a shelter. Wait for this whole thing to blow up. It's like, come on. It's kind of annoying to honestly read Jonah. I'm like, are you kidding me? The Lord just said, he he literally just shut him down. He's like, am I not concerned about the 120,000 people in Nineveh? No, duh. Sorry. Listen, guys. We have to remember what the Lord has spoken over our house and what the Lord has spoken over Portland. Portland is to be a center for revival, reformation, and transformation, a city that works. Will we not believe the word of the Lord spoken over our church and our city? Jeremiah thirty-three fourteen: the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. If Father's house is to be a house of miracles, will we still contend for it in the midst of contradiction? Man, I prayed for, I don't know, hundreds of people didn't see them healed. I'm going to continue praying. That's not just like, well, I really hope it works this time. (laughs) It's not about you. You got to get out of your own way. Otherwise, you're going to get swallowed up by a fish and go around the mountain. We've been promised to be given the keys to mental illness and answers to homelessness. Will we continue to contend for that? As it continues to spread and look like an epidemic across the nation, it's been spoken that people are gonna come here to see what works. Lastly, what good is a revival if it isn't lasting? Why would we care if God came just for a moment? I'm not belittling it. Listen to me. Why would we care if it was just for today? There's got to be reformation. There's got to be transformation because it has to look different. It has to look like the kingdom of God. Because the world is going from bad to worse, in case you haven't noticed. And sometimes the church is following suit. I read a statement, preachers don't want to preach, pastors don't want to pastor, and evangelists don't want to preach the gospel, and teachers don't want to teach scripture. Let me tell you something. That ain't going to be us, but it is dangerous times, and you don't get to shrink back. If you want to be a sideline Christian, that's up to you. I don't mean any offense. It's a challenge to you. 
If you wanna be a burning one, then you gotta be willing to be put through the fire because God is refining the gold inside of you. Why else, would we, why, why else do we ask for fire? Well, I just want to be so hot. <laughs> Please, send me a fire. <laughs> more fire, Lord, more oil. Why? There's a refining coming. So again, I ask, what will you do now that revival is here? Will we remain where we're at? Or are we gonna pursue the things after the Lord's heart? Are we gonna listen and wait on the Lord to release what he's speaking? I want the band to come back up. I believe we're leaving behind the norm and stepping into the new. Amen. That's the church. We're not stagnant. We're not standing still. We're moving forward. In case you didn't know, core value number one of Father's house is the presence. I believe right now that as we step back in, we're not just going to sing a song. As we step back into worship, there's a call to repentance. What has our heart posture been in this season? Lord, I don't, I'm tired. I, maybe just a little bit longer. Uh, that's a lot of commitment. There's areas of our life I believe the Lord is highlighting. Are we chasing and going to different houses to look for what we already have here in family? Covenant is not always convenient. Let me tell you something. When you're in a family, there's correction at times. But you're a part of something that cannot be broken and you'll be uplifted every time. Are we leaning into skepticism? No, it's not, not now. Mm, still not now. I know, I know when. Holy Spirit, do it now. No, stop it. Are we gonna lay down and turn away from repent for our self-righteousness that we are already full enough? We have enough. Thanks, God. No thanks. <laughs> Probably that guy over there. I was pointing over there. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> are we going to be seekers? Are we going to seek after the things of the Lord? Are we going to pursue surrender when it's, it's tough, when it's inconvenient? Are we going to pursue repentance because we know we need more of God, because the church needs more of God, because the world needs more of God, because our city needs more of God? Are we going to pursue it? So what are you going to do? What are you going to do now that revival's here? I don't care if this is too loud for you. Listen to what I am saying. What are you going to do now that revival is here? The Lord is asking you. There is a challenge. 
Time to step up. Time to step in. You have been called. Oh no, not me. I just sit in the pew. Guess what? You're on the front lines. You've been equipped. You have been promised, promised not only power and, 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 and the authority of the Lord, but if you step into what Jesus has for you, you will see the miraculous come through you and transform the world around you. So I would like everybody to stand up, please. This altar is open and there's a call to repentance. That's not just like, ooh, my my yucky sin. That's anything that is in contrast to what the Lord's heart is. So I'd like you to come forward in laying those things down as we step into repentance, as we go back into worship. I'm talking to myself here because I want more of him and less of me. I want to lay down the things that have been contradicting what God is actually saying. So as we go back into worship, Lord, I thank you for breaking off every single mindset that would be in contrast to your word. I thank you for breaking off every single limitation the enemy has tried to place on you. I thank you for breaking off every single inhibitor and saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. Uh, uh, Complacency. Oh, no, I'm comfortable. Breaking you out of that right now and thrusting you in to the new. May the God of all peace and love grant you peace and love right now as you go to spread to those around you. And let the repentance that has been laid here at this altar stay here at this altar. And as we continue to lay down things as we go, Father, we lean into your heart and look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.